Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. In the book of St. Luke, chapter 23, where we were earlier. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Beginning at verse 38. Luke 23, beginning at verse 38. There was written, there was a written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, since, we're, since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we're getting what we what our de deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I'll tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. I want to talk about suffering. There's purpose in it. There's purpose in it. So, Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire, and you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So, Lord, thank you for sending your word to us today, and thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives as it goes forth. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Suffering. Suffering. There's purpose in it. I thank the Lord for the worship so far this morning because the Lord has, has orchestrated everything that has taken place without us having had a conversation about the direction of worship. Thank God for uh, Brother Kenton, Sister Yvonne. Thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to, to lead you. As Sister Yvonne was singing the first song, Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. 
a lot of things that happen in our lives that we don't seem to understand comes because we don't always see the Lord. And if we're going to see God and understand what God is doing in the world, we have to see Jesus. That's so important. We have to see Jesus. We have to take a very intentional look at Jesus so that we can see God and understand what God is doing in the world and in particular in our lives. Amen. That's, that's been a disciple of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know if, if we always make that connection. When it, when it comes to suffering, a lot of times, we have just, some of us who are mature, we, we kind of get a glimpse of what God is doing, and, and we accept things that this is the way life is going to be, and we trust God in the midst of, of what we're going through. But there are those who, are, who may be younger in the Lord or may be weak in their faith, and it's difficult for them in the midst of suffering. And sometimes when people go through for so long, uh, if they're not rooted and grounded, and this is not to be judgmental, but it's just a truthful statement, and it speaks to the fact that once we accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, our focus has to be to become rooted and grounded in Christ. That, that's what our focus must be, not just to come to church, not just to sing, not to know a portion of Scripture or hear what somebody said, but for us to become rooted and grounded in Christ. Remember Jesus' word, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Whenever, many times when the Scripture talks about sight and seeing, it's dealing with understanding. So when we, when we want to see God, we want to understand God and God's ways. And so in order to understand God and God's ways, we take an intentional look at Jesus. Therefore, when it comes to suffering, we must take an intentional look at Jesus Christ. Very, very intentional. And I pray, um, I don't know that I'm going to follow what I wrote, but I pray that what the Lord will give me will help us to understand suffering from a different perspective. You've heard me say often that perspective makes all of the difference in the world. We must have the right perspective. We must have the right perspective. And for us as followers of Jesus, a godly perspective is what's important. We, talk, we talked about a biblical worldview, uh, you know, all of this ties together. And, and as I was standing there just a few moments ago and just worshiping and listening to the words of the songs, I, I realized that our intention has been to help people see Jesus, help people understand Jesus. Traditionally, we, have, we are very emotional people, and we, we get caught up in our emotions, um, but there are times in life when emotions don't work. Let me tell you what works all of the time. Truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, 
And the truth will do what? Make you free. When it comes to suffering, and all of us have suffered in life, and suffering is a part of life. Am I right? Yeah, and sometimes, as I said, we just accept it, those of us who are older in the Lord. And we've developed a theology around our suffering. All right? And it's good. It's good. Uh, but I think I sense what the Lord is saying to us today because my thoughts are not important. So I really prayed and asked the Lord about this message. And this has really been in my spirit for long, for, for, for quite some time now. Um, some of you know that I started, uh, I was reminded of, of Timothy, Paul's word to Timothy that said that we should devote ourselves to the public reading of scriptures. So at six o'clock in the morning, five days a week, I've started just reading the scriptures. And I started in Peter. Peter talks about the suffering of the believer. And there's one point where Peter says in chapter four, uh, verse one, he says, my brother, don't think it strange, the fiery trial, which is about to try you. For this same thing has happened to your brothers in the world. Okay. You're the brothers in Christ in essence. So then for the Christian Suffering should not be a strange thing. However, what should not be in many instances is in other instances. So for some of us, when we have accepted the fact that suffering is a part of this life, others struggle with it. And you hear it in conversations. You hear it when people are going through and they can't see how God is going to bring them out. You see it when people are stricken with illnesses and they say, why me? Right? Even when loved ones die, people say, why? Why did this have to happen in my life? Why did you take my mother? Why did you take my father? Why did you take my child? Nobody wants to lose a loved one. I wouldn't want my child to die, but I realize this, that it is appointed unto man wants to die and after death to judgment, it would hurt, yes. I would grieve, yes. But I realize this, that death is a part of life. But it doesn't take away the pain that we feel. It helps us in this process of accepting God's will. So, so today I want to try to, try to um, help us have a different perspective on suffering. Suffering Suffering can be defined as any type of physical, emotional, or spiritual pain. Any type of physical, emotional, or spiritual pain, hardship, or distress. And all of us go through that. We're going to go through physical suffering. We're going to go through emotional suffering. Prayerfully, those of us who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ may go through some spiritual suffering with the attacks of the enemy on this side, but we won't go through the ultimate spiritual suffering by being separated from God eternally and dying in hell and going to hell. Some people are going to experience that, that uh, spiritual suffering. Yeah. So when we look at the Scriptures, we can identify that suffering is spoken of in these three ways. We see physical suffering. Read. I was just, just thumbing through the book of Mark. But read the Gospels, okay? Because we want to see Jesus, all right? We want to see Jesus because as we see Jesus, it helps us see God, all right? And God is moving. God is at work in Christ Jesus 
reconciling the world unto himself. Part of reconciliation is helping me reconcile in my mind why I go through what I go through in this life. I got to be able to reconcile that so that I can be at peace. Amen. Peace with God and then peace in my spirit. The Bible says that God will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Part of that peace comes as we reconcile what happens in our lives with the will of God. And we trust God and we love God. Um, for those of us who are, who are believers, and we, we, we will, there are certain scriptures that we know we will say, we will say, God does not put on us more than we can bear. And that is the truth. Now, the truth will make us free. But many times we struggle between what we're bearing and what we're hearing and seeing God putting on us. Tell the truth now. Amen. We struggle in this life with things. We know the word, but when stuff happens, we, many of us struggle. Now, we should get to the point that we don't struggle as much as we used to struggle. We really should, uh, but sometimes it takes, us, takes some longer than others. It's good that God knows our frame and remembers that we are dust because he's patient with us. God is, very, God is more patient with us than we are with each other. <laughs> Amen. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord. God, we, we, will, we won't be patient with each other. You know, we will, we will cut each other down. We will talk about each other. We will get mad at each other. You know, you, am I right? Now, we might come back and apologize, but we should think about what we say and do before we have to apologize. There are times we, we're going to have to. We're, we're imperfect human beings, but, but God is patient with us. And I want someone listening to me to, today to know God is patient with you. God is trying to take you somewhere in him. Amen? So what you need to do is pay attention. Look at Jesus so you can see God. Ask the Lord, open the eyes of my heart so I can see you. Because I want to see you. I want to see your workings. I want to see how you do things. I want to know your will. I want to know your way. Because right now, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. And why I'm going through so long, God. Physical suffering. Emotional suffering. Spiritual suffering. We see the, spirit, the, the physical suffering in, in the Bible. And just thumbing through the book of, of Mark, you see a man with leprosy, 10 men with leprosy, physical suffering. You see a paralytic, physical suffering. You see people hungry, physical suffering. They've been with Jesus all day long. They're hungry, all right? And any of you, most of us are not hungry. We may say we're hungry, but oh, uh, yeah, one of the pastors from, from Liberia said, he said, you Americans, you eat by the clock. We eat when there's food available. And I've seen that. I've seen that with my own eyes. You know, just think about that. I get up in the morning. I usually eat breakfast by 7 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock. If I wait to 9 or 10, I start feeling something in my stomach. 12 o'clock. 
lunchtime. So, you know, 12.10, start feeling something in my stomach. And I say I'm hungry, but when I think about it, I'm not hungry. It's a mental state that I've trained my mind to, to acquiesce to or, or to submit to. Six, seven o'clock, I'm ready to eat dinner. But I'm not hungry. Because if I've eaten breakfast and I've eaten lunch and now it's dinner time, there's still food in my gut, in my stomach, and in my gut. So I'm not really hungry. But we've, so anyway, these people have been with Jesus all day long. We see blindness, we see deafness, we see muteness. Just scrolling through. You don't have to take time and read it. I'll just scroll through it. Pick up the number of instances that the Bible in the Gospels show us physical suffering. We see emotional suffering. And a lot of time, emotional suffering is tied to physical suffering. So the lepers who were considered unclean were cast out of society. Don't you think that's emotional suffering? Have you ever been rejected by someone that you, that you loved that you thought loved you? Oh, all of us have dated before you broke up with somebody, you know. You got rejected, and you suffered anguish. To the other person, it may not have meant anything, but to you, you suffered emotionally. Hmm. Yeah. Then there's the emotional suffering of the that comes with the loss of loved ones. Yeah. Uh, pain from death. It's emotional suffering. That's what we we've talked about in TOP talks. You know, the, the trauma of death, the trauma of loss. And people really struggle with it. Where I may have reconciled some things in my mind, I understand that people suffer, they, 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 they struggle with the loss of loved ones. You know, I thank the Lord that my, both my parents lived until, until I was in my 60s. But what about the young people who lose loved ones when they're children and teenagers or young married couples? You know, it is painful. It's painful. So we can't look at this and say, why don't you get over it? Because God doesn't look at it and say, get over it. God knows our frame. We also see the spiritual suffering, those who are possessed with unclean spirits, demon-possessed people. And of course, today in America, we, we want to treat it with medicine, but there are some people that are demon-possessed, and medicine can't help. Right? We see the, the spiritual suffering. We see, like legion, possessed with many devils. The boy who would be cast into the fire because of the demon that would take control of him, that will cut himself and all the things that he did. Spiritual suffering, spiritual suffering. And, and then there is the suffering of those who are alienated from God. And in the natural, when people don't know God, they don't see it as suffering. But sin brings suffering. It brings suffering. The wages of sin is death. The price you receive for your sin is death. And it does not, doesn't start with eternal death. It starts with death in this life, separated from God. And all of the things that you open your life up to when God is not the center of your life. And all of us know that. All of us have a past. 
All of us know what we've opened ourselves up to. And you think about your past and you think about what you opened yourself up to, one thing usually led to another and to another and to another and to another. Am I, am I telling the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suffering is a part of life. Now, now in, your, in your studying, in your studying as you see Jesus, and that was not really a part of what I wrote, but the Lord spoke to me as, as, as the song was being ministered this morning because that's so important. God opened the eyes of my heart because I want to see you. So when I look at all of these examples of suffering, of the, of the physical suffering, the emotional suffering, the physical suffering, I see as I read these scriptures that Jesus had power over all of these things. Over every type of suffering that we mentioned, Jesus had power over those. Is that right? Yep. He healed the lepers. He healed the paralytic man. He fed the hungry. He opened blinded eyes. He opened deaf ears. He caused the mute people to be able to talk. He delivered legion from his emotional bondage. Jesus had power over every one of these situations, all right? Now, 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 I think I want to get to talking about this different perspective because, um, but, 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 but before I get into, into this different perspective, <clears throat> let me say a few things that will kind of bring this together. We, we used to sing a song, and some of you all remember it. If Job had to suffer... What about me? Well, you know, when I would sing that song, I'd often think about this. Now, there's a supreme example of suffering. So when I was by myself, I was saying, if Jesus had to suffer, what about me? I figured it wasn't in the sense in trying to change it in the church with some people because they're going to sing what they want to sing anyhow. <laughs> yeah, a lady told me one time, I said, you know, we ought not be singing lies. She said, what lies? I said, we're up in the church singing I promised my mother before she died and your mama sitting on the choir with you. <laughs> she said, I'm just singing to help everybody else. <laughs> but anyhow, so we look, at, we look at this, and as I said, you know, we have framed our theology about suffering, and it works for some of us, but it doesn't work for others, but there is a greater perspective, I believe. I sense the Lord saying, to us today. So, and I was reading this, and one writer was saying about Jesus being the model for our suffering and, and God sending his, his, his son to die on the cross uh, for the sins of other people uh, seems like spiritual child abuse. She was speaking against, with a lack of understanding uh, of what God was doing in Christ. But we want to see Jesus as we get a different perspective and understand the purpose in suffering, okay? So Jesus, Jesus suffered uh, in his life. Jesus, Jesus was hungry, yeah. Uh, Jesus said, son of man have nowhere to lay his head. Jesus uh, lacked sleep. I mean, uh, there's some physical things that he went through. He suffered, he suffered rejection on the cross, on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt 
in the, in the natural, he felt the rejection. Oh, I should say in the spiritual too, because he never experienced that separation in the Godhead. So he cried out, my God, my God, why? But God had a purpose in his suffering. Now remember, if you don't remember anything else in this message, we need to see Jesus, all right? We want to see Jesus because when we see Jesus and we understand Jesus, we get God's perspective on why we go through what we go through, all right? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So pray with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we sing another song. We just, Minister Smalls ministered it last Sunday. I won't complain. In the song we say, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some sleepless nights. But when I look around and I think things over, all of my good days outweigh all of my bad days. I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly see the road. I mean, you, I mean, you, this, this, this will, this is this emotional part of us. You know, we say this thing right and we start feeling this because we're in our, in our minds, we're saying, I won't complain, even though we complain. I talked about that last Sunday. You know, we do complain. I won't complain. I ask the question, Lord, why so much pain? But He knows what's best for me. Although my weary eyes, they cannot see. So I'll just say, thank you, Lord. I won't complain. Why? Because God, what? Has been good to me. God has been good to me. More than this old world or you could ever be. He's been so good to me. He dries all my tears away. Turn my midnight into day. So I'll just say, Thank you, Lord. I won't complain. So, you know, we form this theology again about suffering. And we say we won't complain because God's been good to us. What about that person who can't see the goodness of the Lord? David said, I would have fainted except I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me tell you, you got to, I preached that message a long time ago. You got to believe long enough till you can see God's goodness. Because sometimes God's goodness is not readily seen by the natural eye. When you're going through, when you're sick, when your body is in pain, when you're emotionally suffering, you may not see God's goodness. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Suffering, suffering. Is, I would have fainted. Some people faint. Some people faint. The question was asked in the Bible study the other, uh, other night about that in our, Zoom, in our Zoom call. Some people faint because they're going through for so long. One thing after another. Now, I have a perspective on that, okay? But if you can believe long enough to see the goodness of the Lord, in the land of the living while you are alive, while you are alive, then you can come through this thing. But we've developed this theology 
around the fact that God is good. And God is good, but you got to see it. And if you don't see it, you got to believe long enough until you can see it. You know, when I think about the gospel and the fact that we don't preach a new gospel, and when I'm preaching, I think about messages that I've preached over the years, and I think about people who just miss stuff. Think about people, you, you know, you got to push through some things. You got to push through to get to the teaching. You got to push through to read for yourself. You got to push through to do the extra stuff. You, you can't depend on your emotions and your feelings. You need the word of God. And you have to push through. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had guests on Thursday. And uh, so helping my wife, you know, clean and, and cook. I was up until like 12 o'clock at night. I had to get up again by 5.30 in order to do my 6 o'clock uh, teaching. <laughs> and, and I was saying, Lord, why did I commit to doing this? Don't I do enough? My wife said, you sure know how to torture yourself. But then I thought about it, you know, as, as, I, as I push through, it's not torture. Because we have to get the word out by all means possible. And that's what we've been called to do. That's our assignment. And I understand that that's my assignment. So, so if I'm online seven days a week, that's okay. If my body is tired, that's okay. I'll find time to rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get this. We got to get this. So, so you got to push through. You, 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 can't, you can't miss the teaching and not go back and review it. Because there's something, remember, and I always say this because I know it's true. You hear me quote it all of the time. It is a scripture and it is the truth. When the word of God goes forth, it what? Does not return to him void, but it accomplishes what? All that he desires, and he prospers his word in the things that he sent his word to. So when God sends a word, it's going to accomplish in all of us everything that he desires, amen, and he prospers that word. So he's, he takes that word and, and, and in our lives that is active, that is alive, that word, that is spirit, and that is life, and he stirs that word up in us, and he causes us to read this, and then we're pushed to read that, and we're pushed to read something, and all of this is helping us see Jesus and understand what God is doing. Let me go on to this perspective. So, so we, we formed our theology around these things. And yes, God is good. We cannot deny the goodness of the Lord. But, but for some people, there, there's something else about suffering that, that we need to see as we see Jesus, all right, as we see Jesus. So we know that they crucified Jesus. We're in, in Luke chapter 23. Okay, we know what happens before they crucify him. We know the suffering that he went through before they crucified him, right? All you got to do is read it. If you don't know it, just read it. All of the Gospels gives us the account of Jesus' suffering. The Bible says that, that, that and, and, and Isaiah prophesied his suffering. If you read um, 
there, there's a section in Isaiah that talks about the suffering servant. Just read it. points to Jesus and the suffering that he went through. But his suffering was a perpetuary suffering. We'll talk about that on Wednesday night in Bible study. Okay? That he, he in his suffering, God was at work. God was doing something in Jesus. He became the perpetuation for your sins and my sins. He became that peace offering to God. God spoke to, in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, to Moses as he was building the Ark of the Covenant. And he said that you are to build the mercy seat on top of the Ark. And he said, there I will meet you. Where did God meet us at? He met us in Jesus. Jesus on the cross connected us to God. Jesus said, God met us and God meets us in Christ. That's why we got to see Jesus. If you don't understand everything there is in the Bible, you need to see Jesus. If you don't understand suffering, see Jesus. Now, what do we see when we look at Jesus? So just the scripture that I picked out that the Lord led me. I keep saying, me, this ain't me. God knows this is not me. Uh, in chapter 23, Jesus is being crucified. He is beaten so badly and so weak that he can't carry his own cross. So they choose Simon of Cyrene. And they choose him to carry the cross of Jesus. Yep. They put the cross on him. They made him carry it behind Jesus. Somebody say participation. Okay. Think about suffering. Now, now this may not be, may not excite people, but it's the truth. All right. Um, two criminals are being crucified with Jesus. One of them is mocking Jesus, blaspheming. The other one says, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, Remember me. Jesus says, this day, you will be with me in paradise. He's crucified. He dies. He gives up the ghost. And darkness, darkness is upon the face of the earth from, from noon until 3 o'clock. All right? The sun stops shining. In the temple, the, the veil of the temple was torn. Let me see how it says it. I want to say it right. What it just says here was torn in two, but it was, it was torn from top to bottom, I believe it was the way one text says it. Symbolism in the veil being torn and being open, all right? Now the Lord is accepting all people. There's no more separation. Symbolism. The centurion sees all of this, sees what happened, and the centurion, a Roman guard, praises God, said, surely this was a righteous man. When all the people had, who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. What does that symbolize? 
These people are saying, what have we done? What if we, they recognize now, they get a glimpse now of them rejecting the Messiah because God responds from heaven. So what do we see on display in Jesus dying on the cross? We see the supremacy of God's power at work in Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? Jesus is our example. I got to do this like this because there's no other way for me to do it. I can't, I can't, I can't stir y'all up with this message. Okay. <laughs> we see the display of God's power and God's supremacy in Jesus Christ. Paul said it. God was at work in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Nobody understood before what God was doing, not the princes of this world. Paul says in 2nd, 1 Corinthians, I believe it is uh, chapter 2, he says, if the princes of this world had known the wisdom of God in crucifying Christ, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God was doing, God was bringing about your salvation, my salvation in Jesus Christ through his suffering and through his death, and we see in his death him including people, participation. He's bringing us in. He's bringing us in. Now, I've been just talking about seeing Jesus because he's our example. He is our example. I'm, I'll be finished in just a few moments. We are to pattern our lives after who? After the preacher? After who? Amen. Amen. We're to pattern our lives after Jesus. So when it comes to suffering, and we look at the life of Christ, and we see the power of God and the supremacy of God at work in Christ. God is sovereign. God has all power in his hand. God knows what he's doing. Through Christ's suffering, God brought about your salvation and my salvation and made it possible for all people to be saved. Through Christ, we see him healing the sick and raising the dead. We see the power of God and the supremacy of God at work in Jesus Christ. He's the pattern son. Whose pattern? God's pattern? For who? For God? For us. For mankind. He's our pattern. We, we, we mimic our lives after him. We pattern our lives. We look at Jesus. We see Jesus. We understand what God was doing in Jesus. And then we can understand what God wants to do in us. So, I was reading something about God's moral will, God's perfect will. We tend to say God's permissive will and God, well, God's perfect will and God's permissive will. It's not God's will that we suffer because of sin. That wasn't God's will. But we suffer because of sin, but it wasn't God's perfect will. It was not. Sin entered the world through Adam, and we become heirs of sin. Well, God sent a second man. So even though God has to permit suffering because of sin, it's not God's will that we suffer. Not his perfect will. It's within his permissive will. And all people will suffer because of sin. But what does God want to do with our suffering? That's the thing that God wants us to see. 
What does God want to do in the midst of our suffering? Ask you to remember what word? <laughs> what? Participation. Ooh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we share in the afflictions of Christ. Wonder why you suffer? Yes, Jesus suffered. And we share, Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in what? The fellowship of his suffering. I want to participate. We have been privileged to participate with Christ in his afflictions and in his sufferings, the type of suffering he went through. Now, I know this doesn't sound exciting. It really doesn't. You said, why? Well, I just told you, you, you sinned, but Jesus came to redeem us. All right, all right. But that's not all. Through our suffering, God is glory. God can be glorified. God's intent, just like with Jesus, is that he is glorified. That's what God's intent is. Remember when Jesus suffered? When Jesus suffered, people were saved. Jesus even said, if I be lifted up from the earth, what will I do? How are you drawn? You didn't just decide to come to Jesus. You were drawn by the Spirit of God because of what God did in Christ, because of his shed blood on Calvary, because of his suffering, because of his death. The Spirit of God has, has come into this world, and he is drawing men and women unto him. Now, what does God want to do with your life? He wants to use you to draw people to him. Now, if you respond to suffering the wrong way, you're not going to draw people. You will drive people. So in suffering, God is glorified. Now, why? why? You say, why must God be glorified? He must be glorified because he's a sovereign God. He's the only one worthy of glory. Through God being glorified, men, women, boys, and girls are drawn unto him. It all goes back to salvation. What, is that? what was Jesus' purpose for coming into the world? To seek and to save those that were lost. Who was lost? We were lost. Mankind was lost. In Jesus' death, we're reconciled to God. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you exist? Why do you live? There's a purpose on your life. To draw men and women under God. That's your purpose. Now, I have not even talked about the devil much. But you'll never understand, Satan, understand suffering and, and see God until you understand the cosmic conflict. You know why you suffer? You're being opposed on every hand. Sin entered the world because Satan tempted Eve and Eve gave in. And Adam gave in. And we, are, we have that sin nature in us. And so there's cosmic conflict in heaven that started before that time because Satan wanted the glory that belonged to God. And he's still fighting he is still, and, in, and we're caught up in the midst of it, so we're going to suffer. You pay, have you paid attention to the war in Ukraine? It's not just the armies, the soldiers that are being killed. 
Who's been killed? Civilians. The cosmic conflict. So, so let me go back to this. So, 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 so suffering is a part of our witness to the world. Oh, saints, we've got to get this. We've got to get this. We can't just say, I won't complain. We've got to understand why we won't complain. We must understand more than God has been good to me. We've got to understand that this is part of my witness to the world. The way I respond to what I'm going through is going to speak to someone else. It's going to speak to my faith in God. It's going to speak to the supremacy and to the power of the Almighty God. God is going to be glorified through the way I respond to what I go through in my life. So, in suffering, in the suffering of Christ, God was promoting his agenda to the world, to reconcile the world unto himself. In our suffering as believers, that's why, that's why Peter says, you know, if, if you don't suffer as, a, as one doing wrong, but suffer as one who's living for Christ. I didn't quote it quite like he said it, but you got the essence of it. It, let your suffering come because you are being faithful to the Lord and to the things of the Lord. And when you've been faithful to the Lord, the devil is going to attack you. Sometimes we look at the unbelievers and say, oh, they, they just seem to be just, they're not going through what I'm going through. They seem to be doing so good. They don't have any problems. They're making money. They can go out and gamble. They can rob people. And, you know, they can do all of these things. They can cheat on their taxes. They can do all of this stuff. Now, I might be talking about some Christians when I say that. <laughs> the psalmist said, I was envious of the wicked. He said, my feet almost slipped until I went into the sanctuary. Until the Lord opened my eyes and the Lord allowed me to see what he was doing. Until the Lord allowed me to see their end. So, so saints, when it comes to suffering, for some of us, it takes more than saying God is good. It takes more than saying, well, Jesus suffered, so I have to suffer. We need to understand why. And the why of our suffering, the purpose of our suffering, is so that God can be glorified. We participate with Christ in his afflictions. There's a whole lot I could say, but, 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 but what I want to encourage us to do is don't buy into the world's perspective of that God is mean, that God doesn't care, that God doesn't understand. Or that God is not good. God is still good. And God has a plan for us. Life goes beyond this world. God, through suffering, God is preparing for us a far more eternal weight of glory. Something beyond death. So he took the sting out of, of death. He took the, Jesus took the victory from the grave. So death doesn't even worry us. I want to dro drop that in somebody's spirit. So death doesn't worry us because we go from life to life. 
We go to that place that Jesus has prepared for us, and we receive that far more eternal weight of glory by God working out his infallible purposes in our lives. Suffering is not a bad thing. It may not feel good to us, but Jesus suffered. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He showed us in his life why he suffered. Why are you suffering? That's the question you have to ask yourself today. How can God get glory out of my suffering? How can God get glory? Because God wants to get glory out of your suffering. That's God's plan. When things are going well in our lives, we can talk about how good God is and how he's blessed us, you know, and we're making money and we're doing what have you. We're able to travel here, travel there. But when the bottom drops out, do you still give him praise? Do you still give him glory? That's the time. The world has shifted the perspective of suffering. Elder Hoskins was praying, let the church be the church. We've got to come back to the right perspective because we're shifting people away from a very vital point of being a follower of Jesus. We will suffer. We will suffer. And we do suffer. I was stirred yesterday. I was reading uh, the post for the missionary in, in, in northern Nigeria, uh, Sister Sherry Thomas. Some of you all know her. She was talking about spending the week in the village. You know, I was just so stirred by seeing that in my mind. I'm like, American Christianity, we just don't get it anymore. Because it's about cushion pews, carpeted floors, good sound systems, you know, aesthetics. And we'll never go to a black sanctuary. Not while I'm pastor. Jesus said, let there be light. <laughs> but we do everything to appeal to people. Sometimes we don't appeal to God. God is moved when he sees his children suffering. And just like Jesus healed the blind man, the lame man, legion, he can heal us because God's power and God's supremacy is displayed in Christ. God wants his power and his supremacy displayed in your lives. Be careful how you respond to suffering in your life. Suffering is going to come. Next Sunday, I'll preach about victory. But today, <laughs> if the Lord wills, the church has to deal with this issue of suffering because people are getting discouraged. And, our, and, and as generations go on, they don't have the experiences of our, of, of our parents and our grandparents 
who had to suffer every day. Humiliation, working in the fields, working uh, in pe- cleaning people's houses, getting paid little or nothing. I used to pay attention when I was a child. That's why you got to pay attention when you're a child. I used to pay attention when we were having revivals. And, and, and I don't know why the Lord showed this to me, but there were people who would come to church late, to come to worship late. And somehow or another, I got the, it had to be the Holy Spirit. These people went and worked in the white man's house, cleaning the house, cooking for them, making sure their children were taken care of. Then they had to come home and cook for their own husbands, their own families. It's no wonder they were late for worship. Now, we don't have that experience today. And that's why we don't understand suffering. We understand air conditioning. We understand microwaves. We understand a closet full of clothes. Closet full of shoes. We understand making money. We understand investments. We don't understand going to the market or going fishing in the morning so you can feed your family at night. You say, well, we're in America. That's the way it is. But the Lord allows other things to happen in our lives to point us back to him. We've got to suffer. We've got to suffer. Think it not strange, this fiery trial that you're about to go through. And I tell you what, the last time I got burned, it hurt. (laughs) I remember... The first good whipping I gave my son. He said, Dad, that hurts. I said, it's supposed to hurt. Suffering is supposed to hurt us because it should push us closer to the Lord. As we understand. Now, if we don't understand, it's going to push us away. But as we understand, I am participating with Christ in his afflictions. And God will get glory out of my suffering, depending on the way I respond. So I rejoice in tribulation. Anybody rejoicing in tribulation today? You know, we read those scriptures and they sound good, but the truth is, and I need to stop, we got to learn to rejoice in tribulation because tribulation develops patience. When patience has had it, complete work, perfect work, we will be complete, entire, lacking nothing. God help us today. Let's stand. There's somebody today who heard this message. I pray that it has blessed your life and helped you with a different perspective on suffering. What we want to do is we want to help people see Jesus. Jesus suffered. Oh, he lived a good life. He enjoyed his ministry. He did. His life was about fulfilling the will of God. Put all that in perspective. What's your life about? And I may not be speaking to you in here, but somebody's listening online. What's your life about? When you consider blaming God for what you go through in your life, think about how you considered God when you weren't going through, or whether you considered God. When you were going through. 
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you, God. You're a faithful God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us see you and understand more clearly your will and your purposes in the midst of the things that we go through in our lives. Now, Father, I pray that if there's someone listening to me today who's never accepted you as Savior and Lord, that you would draw them to you. If there's someone listening who has fallen by the wayside, who've drawn back from you, I pray today that you would draw that person. If struggling, if suffering has caused someone to faint, to give up, I pray today that they will be stirred to recommit themselves and reconnect yourself themselves with you so that they can see your purposes in their lives and even in their suffering and come to the place that they understand fellowshipping with you in your suffering so that you're glorified in their lives and through their lives other people are drawn. God, do a work in our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So if there is someone today who needs to accept Christ as Savior and Lord, we want to give you that opportunity to come now. And if you're online, I know that most everybody in here has made a confession of faith in Christ. But if you're online, if you're watching me, if you watch this message, if you've struggled in your life, and I, I just pray that you've got a clearer understanding of suffering, if, if, if what you've gone through uh, or what you're going through has made you question God and, and, and has caused you to be pushed away from God, I pray today that this message has helped you see suffering from a different perspective. I know it's not something that, that we like to talk about in the church, but we need to talk about it because we're going to go through, we're going to suffer as a part of our lives. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I pray today that you will do that as we pray today. So if you're not saved and you want to be saved, pray this prayer with me. And when you finish praying the prayer, write to us. Make a comment. Someone is watching. I'm watching. Somebody else is watching. Make a comment in the live chat section or you can write to us. There are directions there that you can write to us and let us know of the commitment that you've made so that we can follow up with you. Let's pray. Father, if you're a sinner, repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, you died on the cross. You took my place. You became the sin offering to God because of me and for me so that divine justice could be satisfied. You took my place. I deserve to die because of my sin. You died in my place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. 
cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for receiving me as your child. And I confess today that I am saved because I've received you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.